Good to see everyone. Wow, this is my second time to have people here when I'm preaching. Went over four months, you know, without having anyone in the, the church here. But, you know, the one thing that surprised me that I've missed was the singing. And I'm not a musical person, but for some reason the last few years, God's just really been speaking with me to me through music. And you guys, Charles, Jimna, Doug Lee, Dan, Tash, Mari, thank you. You know, that was just so powerful. That ministered to me. Um, beautiful worship music. I think, you know, I think I've just got a new um, freedom when it comes to worship, you know. I think growing up in the conservative, really strict south where I grew up, music had to be a certain way or you know, it, it made me feel uneasy. And God's freed me from that. I mean, I just praise God now, and, and it's a freedom that I'm not ashamed of. I'm not ashamed of being, um, standing up and raising my hand for Jesus Christ. And, and no longer do I want to be fake. And, and it's powerful. I just want to, you know, I'm not saying that because I want anyone to copy what I'm doing or anything. I just want to say that that is actually powerful to me, and it's my experience. You know, this COVID time has been tough and um, you know is it going to be the worst pen- pandemic ever this world's seen you know do we know well you know, we don't know we haven't seen the end yet we're in the middle of it uh, but I want to tell you it's not the worst pandemic this world's ever seen because the worst pandemic this world has ever seen started in Genesis chapter 3 when Adam and Eve brought sin into this world because 2,000 well no, sorry 6,000 years later that is still infecting this world isn't it? And it's affecting you and I. It's affecting our lives. But there is a vaccine. And I, I, I shouldn't have to tell you, what's the vaccine? Jesus. J-E-S-U-S. He's the vaccine. And it's been delivered. It's been injected 2,000 years ago when he died on the cross for you and me. As we... Practice being Christians. You know, I'm thrilled to be in this church because I do feel, I mean, no church is perfect. But there is something that I feel that's really here in this church that, I do say this about every church I've been in, but I I think every church, maybe I just am growing myself. So that's why I'm able to feel there's more love. And because we're Christianity, what is it all about? Two things. You've got the vertical, love God. The horizontal, love people. You can't sum up Christianity and the word of God any better than those two things. Love God, love people. You know, I love the way those two things, the vertical and horizontal, actually makes the cross. Because the cross is what makes that so powerful for you and me. Because that is the hope. That is the the vaccine for our pandemic of sin. As we go through this series. I'm, I'm excited because as, as Lockie and I prayed about this, you know, and what, what series would be good? It's hard to think, you know, down the track. And this is a couple months ago we started planning and we started thinking, well, you know, this pandemic seems to be making everyone seem to just panic and be fearful and instead of thriving, only surviving. And as Christians, we felt, you know, we should be thriving. We didn't... Uh, we, we knew this is coming. This shouldn't be a surprise. We know there's going to be tough times. Scripture warns us. And as Christians, we should say, wow, 
this just means Jesus is coming is sooner. This is sooner. We don't know how soon. I'm certainly not about to pick any dates. Because the important thing is not when he comes. It's each day us being ready by just saying, Jesus, I come to the foot of the cross today. Come into my heart. Thank you for your grace and your free gift of salvation. You've given Mike Collum. I don't deserve it. But I live from victory, not towards victory. And what a freedom. I think that's really the root of that freedom that I'm really experiencing in a more powerful way than I ever have in my life. Righteousness by faith. And as we've talked about this um, thrive, we looked at the two key uh, passages. The first we looked at two weeks ago as I unpacked John 15. And here we talked about in John 15 how this was the time between when Jesus had the Last Supper and his crucifixion. And it was, a, it was some of those last times that he really had to share what was most important to his disciples. And what did he share? You know, I share what wasn't about any sort of conspiracy that was happening in Rome about killing him. What he shared was how important it was for them to stay connected to him who is the vine. He is the perfect vine. And we are the branches. You know, what a powerful powerful story and we are, are are in a way i say grafted into that vine by righteousness my faith our faith is what grafts us to jesus and therefore we become new creations and what i'm going to unpack today is we look at the next couple of uh, because all this is connects to gifts of the spirit as we're connected to Jesus, then we can have his Holy Spirit work through us and produce fruit, which is the fruit of the Spirit. And we find that in Galatians 5, and that's the, the key text we're looking at right through this series. But we can only have that fruit as we are connected to the vine. And as much as we try to, maybe on our own, it, we won't produce the true fruit. Now, as I unpacked love, that first fruit... That's kind of like the foundation. If you remember a fortnight ago, we talked about how love is, is like the first layer. And, and in a way, that's kind of the, the fruit that that's, um, comes first and all those others come after it. So love, then joy. Because you only have real joy through love. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, we're kind of skipping around a little bit, and I do apologize a little bit for that. Because we had already planned this series out when Lucky says, Oh, I'm going away to Rainbow Beach. I go, oh, well, you're supposed to be preaching the next two fruits of the Spirit. And he was quite keen to, to, to preach on patience, peace and patience. Is that where we're at? Joy, peace, patience, yeah. And so we're skipping right to the next two, which are kindness and goodness. So you'll have to wait till next week for peace and patience. I don't think they're in any particular order because really our life should have all those fruit, not this one and not this one. You know, as we stay connected to the Spirit, all that fruit should be produced in our life. So we look at this um, fruit, and, and, and we find this fruit in this book of Galatians. Now, Galatians was written to the Galatia, um, church, or, 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 yeah, Galatian church that was in the province of Rome of Galatia, which was quite a few different townships. And th that was one of the first plants that Paul made on his first missionary journey. And as he planted that church, you know, that church grew. And, 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 but but, but the, actually the people are described as this. And just listen to the description. It says they were impressionable, fickle, and quick-tempered. Now, I'm sure that doesn't describe any of us. 
But this is what a description of those that Paul was writing to in this book of Galatians. And what Paul found is that these people, and I think particularly because they were the first, they were one of the first churches, therefore they tried to take ownership or copyright on Jesus. Jesus is our message because we, we had it first. You know, do we as Christians sometimes get this mindset that somehow we have something first? You know, it's that human instinct to, to kind of want to be the first to know something. And the first to, you know, know some new truth. And, and that's not what Christianity is about. And what they got caught into because they were fickled and quick-tempered and easily impressed, they fell into the trap of, what do you reckon? No idea what the trap was? Legalism. Again, something I know that none of us have trouble with. But I do. Pastor Mike has trouble. I've had it with my whole life, and I still struggle with legalism. You know why? Because I'm human. And if you actually look at the book of Galatians, and you look at that whole book, it starts out talking about the spirit in the beginning, and then it goes into the, the, the um, virtues of the flesh, Okay, which aren't very nice virtues. And then it goes into the, the fruits of the Spirit. And this is the, the, the big battle that we all have because we're all born of the flesh. The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23 that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We, we, none of us can claim to be without that. Therefore, we are flesh. And we have this constant battle going on. This battle that goes on within us which says, hey, you know, I can do it myself. I don't need anyone's help. Again, I'm sure none of us um, fall into to that. And I just want to point out some of these fleshly virtues. I don't actually virtue is probably the wrong word. It probably should be characteristics, maybe, because virtue means good, doesn't it? So, but these are the things that when we are following the flesh, the sinful nature. Okay. Lustful pleasures, sexual immorality, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, envy, drunkenness, and wild parties, and other sins like these. Now, again, I'm sure that none of us battle with any of those things. But again, I'm the first to put my hand up. I battle with some of those. I battled with one of those last night, and I confess in front of my beautiful children because last night we usually try to have a special meal on Friday night. It's kind of our chance to sit around the tables of family and kind of have a special Sabbath meal together. And some weeks it's quite challenging, some weeks it doesn't happen at all, but anyway last night was good and we got around and I had bought, because they're half price, some um, new wine glasses. Now I'll make it clear, we don't have wine in our house at all, but the glasses are nice. I love grape juice and it makes it look special. But we're unwrapping these new glasses. As we're unwrapping them, my son Matthew and Jacob were kind of fighting over who's going to unwrap them. And one of the glasses kind of was broken. The bottom broke off before we even really got it out of the packaging. And I don't know why. You know, straight away I got angry. Why? why? You know, it's a glass. I didn't pay that much for it. And as looking back, we kind of think it maybe it was even broken in the packaging. Cause, but, you know, I actually express, I feel like throwing this glass. 
And I did. That, that, that's what I felt like when that anger came over me. And one of the ways I felt like I've been trying to deal with my anger is it's just three deep breaths. Because once you let that wave go past and you actually use your brain and you think about your actions and your words, it'll stop you from doing something you regret. And again, I might be the only one that struggles with this, but I want you to know that the more we're connected to the vine, the more that we have these virtues that go, come from the spirit instead of these desires of the flesh, the sinful nature, then the spirit's able to change us and make us into something better. As we look at these words, and so Galatia, when, when Paul wrote this, you know, they, they were battling with legalism, you know, law versus grace. You know, what's more important? Is it more important to be kind or is it more important to be right? Okay? Let's have a little vote. How many is it more important to be right? Ooh, you guys are a clever group. Over here, how many is it more important to be kind? Yeah, well, no wonder that this is a great church. Because that's exactly right. Because if you're right and you're not kind, that's the first layer. It goes back to that first virtue, which was love. And if we're presenting the gospel, it's only done through love. And who's the perfect example is Jesus. We've got to look into Jesus. How did he go about spreading the gospel? You know, he didn't go around pointing the finger. He didn't go around judging people. All he did was go around sharing love and hope, healing, teaching, and bringing people into knowledge of salvation that came through him and the good news of the gospel. So, if you struggle, and, and I'm, I'm that way, I know within a family, again, family, I, I apologize because your father's guilty too, but you know, we, we often get in our family this battle, and it's a battle about who can be right. You know, it can be the silliest little thing, but everyone's arguing, no, it's this, you know, it was this person, or the name of the movie was this, or the name of... And it's like, you know, everyone's correcting everyone because everybody wants to have the right answer. And I think sometimes in church and sometimes in, in our way we live our lives, we can be a bit that way. We're so concerned about being right that we totally destroy what we want to do. And that is actually to spread the kindness and the goodness of God. And as we look at these two virtues that I want to focus on today of kindness and goodness. And, uh, you know, you think, what's the difference? You know, they are quite similar, kindness and goodness, but yet Paul lists the two different separate. And if you go back to the Greek, Christotes is really about gentleness, goodness, kindness. This is kind of the outward thing of actually com comes out of us being good. Now, goodness is another word from the Greek, and it's agathosune. And really what that is, is, what I can pick up is that's really goodness. Real goodness only comes from God. And so this is really actually the goodness that comes from us having God in us. Or we might say, using our um, analogy here of the vine, it's the goodness that only comes by us being tapped into the perfect vine that has the perfect roots, that produces the perfect fruit through us. In us and then through us and out of us. And that's the only way it can really work. And so kindness, again, is... is, is us acting out from that goodness that's in us, that comes from God. Now, how many of you are kind all the time? <laughs> I saw some hands go up and back down. You know, some of us are probably better than others. 
You know, I've confessed before, probably one of the roads is my biggest challenge. Someone cuts me off or someone's driving really slow in the right lane and, you know, just holding up traffic. You know, I find it's hard to be kind to them. And I'm working on that. But, you know, whatever you find, that where are you not being kind? Because, you know, the problem is that we think kind is somehow being kind to people who are kind to us. Is that what Scripture teaches? Actually, Scripture teaches that we need to be kind to everyone and Jesus said that we are to even love our enemies and we need to love people without wanting something in return so this is a different sort of kindness than often people of the world people living by the flesh because they can be kind but often they're kind because they want kindness back but the way that Jesus demonstrated was hey you show kindness not for anything back just simply because it's God working in you, through you, and out of you. And, and that doesn't come natural. But it will come if we're connected to Jesus. But as we have keep identifying, we might see if we can pull up the, the verse in John 15, verse 2. And the last two weeks, uh, I touched on this, and, and um, Lockie did again last week. And I'm going to continue bringing this, because it, it just shows how this works. So we're growing, we're connected to the vine, and as we grow, our temptation, because we're battling with the flesh, is that, oh, I can do it myself. And so remember when this says in this that he um, prunes, in some translation it says cuts off, prunes those branches, it's those tap roots. Remember we talked about the tap roots? And the tap roots, as I said, I can do it myself. I don't need to rely on the vine. I can do it myself. And so I go down and I try to get the nutrients from the soil and I try to do it myself, but there's no fruit. How many of you are guilty of that? You know, I am. And as I look back, I think, why, why, why didn't I just rely more on God? Why didn't I let God help me with this person that's being so difficult? Instead of saying I can do it myself and things got really ugly and I said things I regret. Or I you know, even thought things that I shouldn't think. God wants us to be filled with his love. He wants us to love even our enemies. He wants us to love those who persecute us. And we look at Jesus Christ who did it perfectly. Who even said to those who nailed him on the cross, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Even Stephen, who had a great influence on Paul, who wrote uh, Galatians that we're looking at, that he was there when the stoning of Stephen happened. And one of the things that I think really started to speak to, to Paul, who was then Saul, was the attitude that he saw at Stephen as he was being stoned to death. It was an attitude similar to Jesus, wishing the best for those who were actually killing him, stoning him to death. You know, that only comes from being connected to the vine, that sort of attitude, that, that goodness that comes from God. I, I remember one parishioner I had in a church, and he did some lay preaching, but it got a bit annoying because every time he'd come to you, when people would say, how are you? What's the most common answer? Good. You know, and he'd always say, no, you're not good. <laughs> you know, he had a good point. You know, Jesus is the only one that's really good, you know, because all of us have this human nature that's, that's not good. So we're not all good, that's for sure. Um, but if we're connected to the vine, Jesus is all good. 
He's good. And his, he goes down and those roots are very complex. And Christianity can be quite complex. You know, we can study the Bible and it's very complex. You know, you can study for years through university and through grad school and learn more and more about theology and about studying the Bible. But if you've done all that and you're not being kind, is it good? No. It's still got to be kind. That's the starting point. And all of us can do that, whether you're a theologian or not. Okay, and, and I'm a Seventh-day Adventist because I believe this church has some great teachings. We have some great things that we are a prophetic church. But if we, can, we know all those prophecies, if we know all those teachings in the Bible, we know all the Ten Commandments, we know all the rules, but we're not being kind, are we really fulfilling what God's called us to do? One of the most powerful things I've been involved with in ministry is a thing called Stormco. Have you guys heard of Stormco? Yeah. Service to others really matters. And, you know, I, I went on my first Stormco some nearly 25 years ago. And every Stormco I've been involved with, you know, I've seen lives transformed of young people who go out and give up a week of their time often, go to some community and just, and they actually pay money to do it and just serve. And uh, I worked for about 12 years in summer camps in America, and I loved working at summer camps, but they don't transform the lives of young people like going on a storm coach. It's basically a mission trip, and you're going out and serving. And I want to encourage you, whether it's uh, storm co or just some other mission trip, you know, get involved in service, because that has a way of affecting you like nothing else. And I look back on some of those young people that I went on a storm coach trip, and some of them are, are ministers or serving in different areas. And, you know, not that that did it all, but that was a, a key point. And I just want to really promote that storm coach thing. We want to get more things and more opportunities within our church here on the Gold Coast, where we are drawing our community into a loving relationship with Jesus because we're serving them. Do you have a fruit problem? You know, I mean, what I'm saying by that is, is your life producing fruit? Again, don't, don't answer, but just think. Do you have a fruit problem? And if you do, you don't fix the fruit by attacking the root. Okay? That's not going to fix it. And a lot of times people attack the, the root or attack the vine. Again, that just makes it worse. You know, we don't want to attack God. We got to we actually humility. If we go through these um, virtues of the fruit of the Spirit, you find many of them are about gentleness, goodness, kindness, about meekness. You know, it's about humility. And this is really opposite of what the, the human nature, the sinful nature, is all about. So. If I'm determined to be right no matter what, when I'm trying to witness to my neighbor or to some new person I meet, is that producing fruit? Probably not. But if I'm being kind to someone that's been mean to me, someone that you might consider an enemy, is that producing fruit? I think it is. Because fruit, we don't always see, doesn't grow like that. Sometimes it requires planting a seed that needs to grow. Mature, and one day, by God's grace, it will produce fruit. You know, the danger of this battle that was happening with the Galatian church is a battle that we find that Paul identifies in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, where he says that the letter 
kills, but the Spirit gives life. And so in the same way, that the letter kills, that's like the, the human nature. The human nature is to be right. What does it do? It kills. But the Spirit, the Spirit of love, the Spirit of the fruits of the Spirit, produces life. And it's my prayer, church, that all of us will be producing fruit. And I think all of us have a fruit problem because all of us, none of us are perfect. God's always working in us. And the more we overcome, the more we see that we need to overcome. It's, it's, it's the nature of life. But never give up. Keep looking to Jesus. Keep connected to the vine. Because when you're not connected to the vine, that verse, that scripture says that you are then good for nothing to be thrown into the fire and burned. If we want life, we've got to stay connected. And so as I kind of conclude today... You all know what that is, I'm sure. I can see even a reflection there. My, my son Jacob had one of these in the backyard yesterday. And um, he was reflecting the sun and pointing to Matthew and myself as we were under the patio area. And it was so bright. I said, don't do that. You might blind me. You know, it was so bright. And, you know, the mirror is not for us to look at ourselves. But what we want people to do when they look at us is be able to see God in us and through us so we reflect his character his characteristics and that can only happen when we are grafted to the vine and connected to him you know this is so important and and sometimes we just think well we'll just fake it I'll fake it till I make it is a saying often but you know what faking it's not going to work you'll never make it faking it you got to be authentic and one of the things I want to do in this church is actually get us to be authentic. You know, it's one of the reasons we've started a recovery road program. We're helping people become over addictions. And those addictions aren't always the addictions you think of um, you know, alcohol and drugs. They're addictions of the flesh, lust, addictions of food addictions, whatever they might be. And we're helping people to come together and to help. Because when we talk, when we work together, you know, church, the body of Christ is a powerful place where we help and support each other. And uh, by doing this, this becomes the foundation. The foundation of us growing as a Christian and producing fruit. Because we're connected to Jesus, the perfect vine, with the perfect roots, pumping the perfect nutrients through us to produce his perfect fruit. And so in conclusion today, I want to just share... A prayer. And I want to read this prayer and then I'm going to close with a few words myself in the, in the conclusion of this prayer. But it's found it's in Thessalonians. And here are these powerful words. Thessalonians 3, verses 11 to 13. ask you just to bow your heads, close your eyes as I read these words. May God, our Father, our Lord Jesus, bring us to you very soon. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow, just as our love for you overflows. May he, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God 
our Father. And when our Lord Jesus Christ comes again, may we be one of his holy people to spend eternity with him. As we pray in Jesus' name, amen.